<clears throat> Good morning, yogis. Can you all hear me? <clears throat> this is absolutely an indigenous retreat because it seems we're all on Indian time right now. <laughs> so thank you for getting here. <clears throat> so this 8.30 sit is going to be a very important sit because that's where the instructions, the meditation instructions will be offered. So please do make it here before 8.30 would be good. And um, I want to just remind people that we're going to have a guided metta loving kindness meditation at the 4.45 sit today. And um, actually, I think... Uh, Bruni and Vina are both going to do that. Is that right? It's going to be very wonderful. Guided metta, loving kindness. And um, actually tomorrow, so Bruni and I just finished sitting the first open retreat here. It was called Concentration and Awareness, and it absolutely blew my mind. <clears throat> and the teacher who taught that retreat <clears throat> is going to come in tomorrow excuse me, <clears throat> to do some guided meditation on awareness of awareness, which is a pretty, it's from the Thai forest tradition. So it's from forest people. <laughs> so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And please do avail yourself of it. It's an amazing practice. Awareness of awareness. And then a few little announcements. Uh, we're having two affinity groups. If you belong to any of these groups and you would like to have one sit uh, with this group, and please know that it's a totally silent sit. It's the same as the sits in here. But it's uh, if anyone is feeling a little bit left out or not amongst people you know, that might give you a little bit of relaxation. Actually, deepens relaxation a little bit. So those two affinity groups are, <clears throat> today and tomorrow, the indigenous uh, native affinity group. And this is for indigenous people worldwide. If anyone is indigenous from the U.S. or worldwide, please feel free to um, attend that sit. And that is a 30-minute sit at 2.15. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I'm sure you might have seen... As you walk down the hill, there's a sign that says affinity group <laughs> and a little arrow that points to where it is. It's in the um, community center, that huge building down the hall. And uh, that sit is at 215. And then an LGBTQ two-spirit. And in Indian country, we use the term two-spirited a lot. And uh, that affinity sit for any LGBTQ relative two-spirits, that will be at 6.45, and that is where? Same place, same place, yeah, same place. So if you belong to either of those groups or both of them, lots of people belong to both, uh, please do feel free to sit that, sit that or not. You don't have to sit it if you don't want to. And then um, <clears throat> today we're starting the interviews. It's such a short retreat, everyone will be in one group to meet with the teacher to let us know how things are going or to ask questions. <clears throat> and those start today <clears throat> at 11 o'clock, right? <clears throat> and um, 
I'm meeting people down in the uh, community center down the road. And um, I think Bruni's meeting people on the land right near the sweat lodge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jeff, you're meeting people? In the council house. Ooh, council house. Okay. <laughs> That's the big hall right next to the office. Yeah. And I think you registered in the council house. Yeah. So please do make the uh, group meetings for sure. They're short, you know, pretty short. And if you have any questions, it's a great place um, to get them answered. And usually if one person has questions, at least half the other people at retreat have the same question. <laughs> so it's nice to uh, hear how other people are doing. So today <clears throat> the instructions are I am going to do a guided four elements meditation, which is part of the first foundation of mindfulness, right? Mindfulness of the body. And I love this. And I think I said last night that, you know, there's good documentation that when uh, the Buddha's son, Rahula, came of age, this is the first meditation he taught him, which I think is significant, right? That he was going to give him the good stuff right away. <laughs> and... Um, so um, one other thing that we want to do probably, um, so, you know, Buddhism is like a very advanced psychology, Buddhist psychology. <clears throat> and one thing that was discovered 2,600 years ago that is so important to our practice is that every single act we do of body, speech, and mind, there's an intention behind it. And sometimes the intentions are so brief and so quick. In fact, most of the intentions we don't see, right? Because they are so quick. But um, there's an intention for every act that we take. And karma rests on the tip of intention. You know, karma is about what we, what was our intention of doing this uh, speaking or this acting, you know, body, speech, or mind, or even in our mind, too. So it's important. I mean, that's one of the uh, most important things to see when our mindfulness gets strong enough. You know, and you're not going to see the intention probably of a lot of things, but, <clears throat> you know, we can also develop an excellent habit of setting intentions, right? <clears throat> so I'd like us all to set the intention for this sit. You know, may any merit I generate through this meditation, bring me to full awakening so I may end suffering for sentient beings. You know, so it's a wish for our own awakening <clears throat> in order to help people deal with suffering. That's my intention for sitting. You can think of another way to say that, however you want to do that. But it really is um, significant to set that intention, you know. So I am going to do a um, guided meditation of the four elements. <clears throat> Probably for about a half an hour. And then we can open up to a few questions and answers. How does that sound? Okay, so let's get... Um, well, let me tell you why the four elements meditation is so wonderful. <clears throat> the Buddha has quotes about it that are really great. 
<clears throat> Here's one excellent quote. Extending one's knowledge externally, one realizes all matter, innate or animate or inanimate, are composed of the four elements only. As concentration and wisdom develop, this discernment speeds up and one reaches a point where the body appears as billions of vibrating particles, incessantly arising and passing. The entire body is in a state of radical flux. There is no solidity at all. For some meditators, this body may appear to be bubbling. In the lump of, this is part of the lump of foam discourse. But there's this wonderful quote about just as the earth, you can throw dirt and slime and everything on the earth, and the earth maintains its integrity. It can take all of it, you know, without. Um, well, you know, now we're taking care of our Mother Earth because she has been impacted by <clears throat> environmental degradation, but the Earth itself is able to hold all of these without, with an equanimous response to it. And that's, you know, one thing we're developing this is an ability to, and, you know, most of us, I'm sure, have had situations as people of color, as indigenous people, that have absolutely gone to the core of us, right? All of those microaggressions and ways that, um, you know, our beloved relatives don't even realize what is behind the way many people in our culture are treated. So evoking the four elements is a wonderful way to take that in with a lot of equanimity. I'm trying to find that quote. It's so good. <laughs> I guess I don't have it. So this is, um, you know, we're doing Satipatthana, also known as mindfulness practice, right? That's what we are teaching, and that's what we are practicing. And um, there were four foundations of mindfulness. We, I'm sure m most of us know this, but uh, there's contemplation of the body, and in this uh, new way that our venerable Analio brother has studied, you know, that this is exactly how the Buddha taught it. <clears throat> There's three contemplations of the body. One are skin, flesh, and bones, which Jeff is going to lead us through tomorrow. The four elements. And then mortality, too. Just taking a breath and say, this could be my last breath. And if it's not my last breath, it's absolutely one breath closer to the end of our lives. And, you know, that really creates some, some vega or spiritual urgency in us to really want to practice. And then the second foundation we know is that every experience we have has either, it's, you know, one of those um, universal mental factors that's always present. Everything we experience is either pleasant unpleasant or neutral. And depending on which of those it is, that really drives most of people's lives, chasing after the pleasant, running away from the unpleasant, and spacing out and fantasizing when the neutral arises. I remember sitting actually in this hall for like a month long 
And whenever neutral Vedana would come up, I would look around the room to see who I was going to marry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Romantic fantasy is very popular. <laughs> and then, so that's so important, contemplation of feeling tone. And then the third... Um, uh, the third foundation of mindfulness we know is mindfulness of mind, right? What are the thoughts and emotions that are arising? And uh, we're not going to be able to get into that much, but one reflection is, is my mind contracted with greed, hatred, and delusion, or is it expansive, just resting in spacious awareness? That's one way to check in on that. And then the fourth is contemplation of dhammas and you know, one thing that we all have, I'm sure the most experienced meditators have um, the five hindrances. And this is, uh, you know, when our mindfulness gets strong enough, we're able to see objectively what arises and we're able to see if anything, any of the five hindrances are arising and preventing us from going deep in our meditation. And I'll just tell you those very quickly. I'll put... a. I, actually, I'm going to put these seven spokes up on the wall if anybody wants to take a look at them. And actually, you can download Analio doing these uh, guided meditations and the practice guide that goes with it for free. Non-commodified Dharma. <laughs> we love it. So the five hindrances are, there's two pairs that are opposites of each other. Uh, there is desire, ooh, I want that. I want a cup of tea. I want to go walk up here. You know, some desires are a lot more harmful than others, but, you know, we have a lot of desire arising on retreat that we're able to look at. And then the opposite of desire is aversion. Like maybe something is happening in our meditation and we're going, oh, I just wish that would stop. You know, just watching that. Or maybe you know, aversion towards something on this retreat. Maybe it's the food or your room or whatever. Just putting a mindfulness frame around, you know, how strong aversion is. Because whenever we practice that without being mindful of it, we're watering the seeds of that, you know. It's like putting a little water and uh, compost on it. So it's so wonderful to be able to see that. So the first pair is desire, and aversion, and then the second pair, and this is so common, sloth and torpor. Anybody have feeling sleepy while you meditate? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is very common. And some res good responses to that are to open your eyes and look down, or even stand up. I mean, you know, the Buddha taught four postures for meditation, and one of them is standing. So if you feel like uh, standing up would make you more alert. Please feel free to do that. And um, so a sloth and torpor is one side of the pair, and the opposite hindrance is restlessness and worry. You know, that's thinking about everything else, the past and the future, when this practice is about what is happening right now. So uh, when you start worrying or when you feel restless, Put a mindfulness frame around that. I mean, all of these things are really important to put the mindfulness frame around because they will change if you do that. And then the final one, uh, so the second pair is sloth and torpor, sleepiness, and the opposite is restlessness and worry and thinking a lot. 
And then uh, the final one is doubt. Doubt about this practice. Like, am I doing this right? Or do those teachers know what the hell they're talking about? Or, <laughs> you know, some doubt about your ability to do this. And they say that that's the most um, harmful hindrance because some people believe those crazy thoughts that arise and, and don't practice anymore, which is really not a good outcome. You know, we should not believe 95% of what we think. You know that, right? <laughs> and then, so uh, those are the seven uh, contemplations of insight. I will put this up uh, on the wall. Oh, actually, the final one is a, the most really wonderful one in the fourth foundation, and that is the seven factors of awakening, which are beautiful mental factors. And for those of us who've been practicing a while, those pop up pretty quick as soon as we start meditating. And it really is wonderful to see those. Oh, there's my mindfulness. I can feel it. There's a lot of concentration in it, a lot of samadhi. Or uh, there is um, investigation, you know, like I'm interested in things like, you know, you look closer at the breathing or at the walking because you're so interested. And when the interest is there, effort is with it. When you're really interested in something, you don't need to try to be, um, you know, to look more closely. Energy arises with that. And then uh, the third arousing um, um awareness factor is joy. You know, that joy, actually there's two kinds really. There's PT and Sukha. PT is a physical joy. You feel it in your body. And Sukha is a sense of deep satisfaction that feels like it's coming from your heart. And that gives rise to tranquility. So there's three arousing of those. Those are the three arousing investigation, effort, and um, joy. And then that leads, happiness leads to the three calming factors, which are tranquility. And sometimes people mix up sleepiness with tranquility. So if, you know, if you're feeling sleepy, look to see if any of the arousing uh, awakening factors are there because they're all present and you can balance them out. If you're feeling a little bit too relaxed, you could just ask yourself, where's investigation? Where's effort? And it will balance itself out. So interesting. And then um, that leads to, you know, joy leads to tranquility. And tranquility and calm leads to concentration. You know, us having deeper, stronger samadhi, so the clarity of what we're seeing really increases. And then uh, that leads to equanimity. And mindfulness is the seventh factor. It balances the arousing and the calming factors, you know, to be aware of what of those are in the mind. It's really a beautiful practice. So let's get started. Let's come into a whole body awareness. And actually now, you know, when we meditate, whatever our anchor is could be held within a whole body awareness. So let's come into the whole body. So we are going to start with earth element. And the sensations of earth element are hardness, roughness, heaviness, and um, density. I experience it as a density. 
And we know there's a lot of earth element in these bodies, all the bones. Let's clink our teeth a little bit. That is earth element. So let's start with our beloved heads. Just bringing our heads into awareness and looking for earth element. Can we feel earth element in this head? We can start with the face and the sides of the head and the back and the top. Can you feel earth? And whatever sensations the body is offering are exactly fine. Let's just be aware of whatever sensations this head is offering us. And just acknowledge that, yes, earth element. Moving to our neck. We know our spine starts here at the bottom of our head. And that is, the spine is a lot of earth element, density and hardness. Just feeling what the neck is offering. And then moving to both of our shoulders. Lots of earth element here. Just feeling the shoulders, the sensations. Earth element. Moving to our upper arm and our bony elbows and lower arm and our hands if we have them. If people don't exactly have the so-called perfect body, that's absolutely fine. Just scan what we have is the perfect meditation. So holding both of our arms and hands in awareness. Earth element. Coming to our upper torso. Here we have our rib cage we know that is very earthy, very dense. And our upper spine. Just feeling the sensations of the upper torso. Earth element, moving to the lower torso. Earth element, moving to our pelvic area. Lots of earth element here. Maybe we feel the hardness of the bones on the seat or the cushion. Earth element, moving to our upper legs and to our knees if we have them. And to our lower legs, holding both of our legs in awareness. Earth element, moving to our beloved feet if we have them. If you don't, that's absolutely fine. But just feeling both of our feet. We know there's a lot of earth element. It's a bony part of our body. Thank you, feet. What sensations are the feet offering you? Earth element. Coming back into a whole body awareness. Thank you, body. 
earth element internally, earth element externally, all the same. And now we are doing water element, and that is characterized by flowing and cohesion. Water element. Let's start with our beloved feet. You know, water element is any liquid, so it's blood and mucus and phlegm. And I think our bony areas have a lot of that. Can we feel both of our feet? The water element moving up to our lower legs, our calves. Whatever sensations are offered, that's fine. Moving up to our upper legs. Holding both legs and feet in awareness. Water element. Moving up to our pelvic area. I'm sure most of us have a bag of water sitting right in there. Can we feel it? Whatever sensations are offered are fine. Our pelvic area. Water element. Moving to our lower torso. Lots of water element in these bellies of ours. Water and earth. Feeling the sensations of the lower torso. And moving to the upper torso. Some might have some water or liquid in the breasts. The water element. Moving to our necks. And to both shoulders. And to our upper arms. And lower arms and hands. Holding our arms and hands in awareness. The water element. Moving up to our beloved heads. <clears throat> we know our eyes are swimming in water, bouncing around, and our brain too. And we have a lot of saliva and mucus and wetness in the mouth. Scanning our heads, the face, the sides, the back and top. Water element. Coming back into a whole body awareness. Thank you, body. Water element internally, water element externally, all the same. And now fire element. Fire element is any heat or warmth or any temperature in the body. Heat and maturing as well. Let's start with our heads. Can we feel any heat or temperature at any part of our beloved heads? Any warmth or coolness? 
whatever sensations the head is offering are absolutely fine to anchor our attention on. fire element. Moving to our necks and to both of our shoulders. Any warmth or temperature? What sensations are there? To our upper arms and our lower arms in our beloved hands, holding both of our arms and hands in awareness, fire element, moving to our upper torso, we know our beloved heart is maturing we know there's warmth there. Can we feel it? Whatever sensation that's offered is fine. And our lower torso, lots of fire element in the digestive process. That is earth and water creating earth, more earth <laughs> to be eliminated. Just feeling digestion, the belly, fire element, moving to our pelvic area, and our upper legs, <clears throat> and lower legs, what sensations are being offered? Fire element, and to our beloved feet. Now, holding our whole body in awareness. Fire element internally, fire element externally, all the same. And now wind element, air element. This one, of course, is essential for life. Let's start with our feet. And we know that all of the cells in our body have a lot of oxygen, right? I mean, that's what is being fed to us is oxygen around the body. One manifestation of air element. Air element also supports and pushes the body. So let's start with the feet. Air element to our lower legs. And our knees and upper legs, <clears throat> our thighs, air element, moving toward pelvic area. And I'm sure all of us release air from here. Can we feel the air bubbles? What sensations are being offered? air element, 
moving to our lower torso. Now this is an important place for the air element because we can feel the diaphragm rising and falling and uh, the stomach pushing out and coming back. This is a really excellent anchor for our mindfulness when we're getting a bit thinking a lot. Just feeling air in the lower torso. Every single breath is different. Moving to our upper torso. Here we have air being inhaled and absolutely inflating our lungs. Can we feel that? Air element. And to the shoulders. To the upper arms. And lower arms. Holding our hands in awareness. Feeling both of our arms and hands. Air element. Moving to our beloved necks, we have a big hole in our necks just for air. It's such a privileged entity in our lives that we hardly ever notice. <clears throat> Moving up to our heads. Maybe we can take a breath through our mouth. <sighs> and feeling the air at the nostrils. This is an excellent anchor for concentration as well. And yeah, just feeling the breath at the nostrils. Just feeling the whole head. Air element. Coming back into a whole body awareness. Air element internally, air element externally, all the same. So let's come into a whole body awareness. And right now, we can go into choiceless awareness, which means just rest in the spacious awareness and samadhi that we have all created. Just resting there and um, letting mindfulness pick what it wants to pay attention to. But, you know, the beginning of a thought arising or an itch in some place in our body or, you know, we're not jumping on the train. We're just letting our mindfulness frame be aware of it. Sitting in spacious awareness. Earth, water, fire, and air externally. Earth, water, fire, and air internally. 
all the same. Mindfulness is collecting the data for our intuitive knowledge system. Just watch what happens as things arise and pass away. You don't need to think, just watch it. We can scan for hindrances or enlightenment factors. If we want, we can watch while anchoring in the breath at the abdomen or at the nose. If any discomfort arises, notice your intention to move and then just move gently.
Let's end our sit with a little breath of love. So let's think of the breath as if any of you have animals, any dogs or kitties or maybe kids, children, or other things that we want to soothe. Imagine us petting our puppies in order to soothe them and make them feel and know that they are loved. And imagine that the breath is doing that to the heart. The breath is petting the heart with love and assurance. May you be happy. If resting in spacious awareness gets too spaced out, we can bring our attention to the rising and falling of the abdomen or the breath at the nostrils. This increases the concentration, the samadhi. but with the whole body awareness.
So one of the most important or available things uh, for all of us on retreat, and retreat is such a gift to ourselves. Let's thank ourselves for giving us this tree. Thank you, thank you. It's a sign of love and self-compassion. You know, we want to water the seeds of that as much as we can. And um, one of the things that we want to establish is continuity. So continuity of awareness is a real important uh, condition for wisdom to arise. And um, I should have said earlier, you know, we have two knowledge systems. We have our wonderful count things, name things, conceptual knowledge system that consists of, you know, meanings that are created and agreed upon in society. But then we have this other knowledge system, this intuitive awareness And that's where wisdom comes from. You know, like I was saying, mindfulness collects the data for intuitive awareness. And then when the data, the enough data is there, we will have a big insight will arise about, you know, what the truth of life is. You know, that everything is impermanent. And nothing in the conditioned realm will ever bring you ultimate satisfaction, even not three minutes of weightlessness in outer space. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that, um, but there are relatives too, you know, they are, for sure. Yeah. Or that, um, that any of this is happening to me by myself, right? I mean, anything that you're experiencing, you could reflect, wow, There is 50 million people on the planet feeling the exact same thing right now. So um, we want to, that's what we're engaging on retreat is this intuitive awareness system, intuitive awareness. And, you know, one of my teachers, Ajahn Suchito, I would have interviews with him and he said, you know what your problem is, Bonnie? You don't give enough authority to chitta. And that's what this intuitive awareness is. It's chitta. You know, that's our heart uh, wisdom mind. And all of us, you know, grew up in the West, right? We have a lot of concepts there. But, you know, with this practice, we're strengthening this other knowledge system where real wisdom comes from. And that's what frees us from suffering. So let's let's chick, stick with chitta for the retreat. Now our beloved Bruni is going to talk in uh, in a minute about walking meditation. But I want to tell you briefly about so I we just finished a retreat here that was so good, and um, when you know we were talk we were learning about awareness of awareness in everything that we're doing, it's possible for us to go to what is knowing, you know, what is knowing. And in, you know, the Buddhist tradition, the question, uh, you know, the advice is to be the knowing, right? What is knowing and can we rest in the knowing? But, and so I was, we were doing um, breath meditation during our walking because breath meditation is a, strengthener of samadhi or concentration. So we were all doing samadhi practice outside. So I was, you know, uh, and 
I had also heard about this wonderful teacher, um, Willa Tania Reed. Uh, she's a ex nun. She used to be the head of head of the Buddhist nuns in England, and she and her partner left the nunnery, got married, and they have a retreat center in New Zealand, Aotearoa, right now. And she's the one that uh, talks about breath as uh, uh, the love of the breath. And it, you know, I realized, you know, the earth is breath feeding us all the time. And can we walk around feeling breath fed, you know, analogous to breastfed by the earth? And, you know, just the benevolence of that and the equanimity of everything gets air, right? And then the common humanity of that. If we all have the same mother breastfeeding us, we are absolutely all related. And one other thing I wanted to say um, about nature outside, this is such a beautiful place, thanks to all of our caretakers. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can look at the beauty of nature, and that could be a practice of mudita or sympathetic joy. Like, oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. I'm so happy for your beauty. You know, it really can strengthen our, our, um, our appreciation of the very beautiful, wholesome characteristics in people or in the earth, you know, and that could strengthen our mudita. And I had never thought of mudita like that before, so it really hit me. So I thought I would share that. Mudita for nature, you know. So we have a time for maybe one or two questions. Does anyone have a burning question feeling like they're not getting this at all or cool everybody's getting it i'm putting a few um things on the board like the seven spokes of satipatthana that analyo talks about and at the end of the retreat i'll give you links to those you can download his guided meditations and his latest practice guide for free but i'll give you those at the end Everybody's doing good? Yes. Oh, yes? Can you talk a little bit more about what chitta is? What? Oh, chitta. It's C-I-T-T-A. And actually, there's huge amounts of uh, teachings about chitta in the Pali Canon. You know, there's a lot about chitta. It's our other knowledge system. We have at least two knowledge systems. And, you know, all of us are very good at the conceptual one, right? Knowing one plus two equals three and all of these concepts about what life is about. But when you look at that, that is all us agreeing on something, right? That's not real. Because uh, we know, you know, for us indigenous people, we were totally uncivilized, right? We were uncivilized because we had a gender spectrum, because we knew that we were nature. <laughs> We were incredibly generous, you know. In the olden times when one family would accumulate a huge amount of wealth, what did you have? You had a giveaway, right? <laughs> and, you know, you would get around and give to people. We still have that tradition of giveaways. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so the, the chitta is the intuitive awareness knowledge system. So if any of us, I know a lot of us are sun dancers in the room, whoop, whoop. 
you know, that's where we get in the Sundance or in the sweat lodge or in our Native American church ceremonies. You get to chitta. You put away all of the thinking and you get to intuitive awareness, that real deep knowledge system where wisdom arises from. And, you know, the Buddha said, don't believe anything I'm saying. And in fact, he said, if you believe what I say, that's not going to help you. You need to realize this yourself. You know, we will have insights about all of these things and we'll know that they are true from our own experience, not just from believing in what somebody says. So that's also an, a really important way to nurture chitta, to nurture the heart, the, the wisdom knowing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you. And we need to give more authority to it. That's what my teacher says. Anything else? I'm so happy you're all here. I'm feeling a lot of happiness. So, Bruni, about walking. <laughs> so, walking meditation is one, another of the postures that we can take, you know, to, to be mindful, to be aware the Buddha said that we can practice standing, sitting, lying down, and walking. And um, <clears throat> walking, it has a taste of, we, we get to it in different ways. It took me some time to get to it, and now I love it. Um, it helps us balance the energy throughout the day. Uh, and it helps us to um, cultivate a concentration, you know, by just staying with the walking in some ways while receiving other experiences that we get through the senses. So the best way to give the instruction is by walking. Um, the best way to start the instruction is to Notice the intention that you're going to walk. So that's what I sit back. I just went in into the instructions, right? So, but now I know I'm going to give instructions about walking and I'm going to stand. And so I'm aware I'm going to stand. I feel the body. I feel the earth. And so there's different ways in which you can do this. Find your own way. Uh, but if you choose to take a spot outside or inside, there's a walking room upstairs. You can take, oh, and, down, and downstairs. Thank you, Ramon. Gracias. Um, so sometimes it's nice to take a, a space of like maybe 10 steps or something like that because it helps the mind to settle into this place. Sometimes, you know, we can go into, well, maybe I just walk there. Or maybe I just walk there. It's beautiful. Oh, maybe I just walk with the turkeys there. <laughs> so by the time we decide where to walk, the walking period is over. <laughs> so sometimes it's nice to choose a spot. But if not, you can just go out and walk whatever you were wherever you're thinking about, um, you know, walking in nature. And 
you just can be aware that you're walking just by, okay, I am walking. I'm feeling the body, earth touching the earth at a natural pace. I know I'm walking. The knowing that <clears throat> Bonnie talked about, oh, I know, yeah, there's a knowing. Walking is known. And that may be all. And when you remember, that's a moment of mindfulness. If by any chance you suddenly like see yourself, like the attention is going into the scene around, and then you remember, again, I'm walking, that's okay. There are no mistakes in mindfulness. Wind element, pushing and pulling, moving, air element, moving the body, feeling the solidity of the body, the feet touching the earth, receiving ancestors, receiving the presence, receiving the presence of the earth. We are here. All my relatives are here. So there are other ways, also some other things that uh, can help. Sometimes when I feel overwhelmed, we can use little notes to just bring us back. If it becomes mechanical, you can drop it. But if it helps, you can use this. So sometimes, you know, I just like right, left, right, left, and suddenly I'm like, left, right, left. I don't even know where I'm at. So I'm just, I just know I'm walking. I just know I'm walking. Depending how, how slow you're walking, you can use these little notes. And feeling the sensations, feeling the water element, the fluidity, the water element in the knees, in the toes, Um, let's see if there's any, anything else that my beloved relatives here next to me want to add. That's all. Thank you. I wanted to say one thing, and that is, um, you know, of course, for all of us, our thinking mind pops up, right? It's saying, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Or whatever it says, or like that person doesn't belong here. Oh, that person's my next partner now. <laughs> um, so um, what I like to do now is I tell my thinking mind, I love you thinking mind, your pronouns are she, her badass. And we're going to hang out on Monday morning. I will see you then. <laughs> you know, just tell it. I love you, but I'm not working with you right now. Don't be jealous, but <laughs> yeah. Any other advice about walking? Continuity is so important, just to be present. Yeah. Okay. I remember. So I remember something. Okay. Um, because it's so beautiful here. Um, you're going to be walking, and I hope that you see where you're walking, <laughs> and that is part of the meditation. Just know that you're seeing. Is is not something wrong? Is not something that you're doing in a wrong way, is part of it. 
you know, oh, seeing, seeing. And just going back to being aware of walking when, when that is the predominant thing <clears throat> that is happening for you. Okay? So today we have the um, start of group. So please do check the bulletin board for whether you're going to meet in a group today. And also the affinity sits. I already said that, right? The affinity sits are starting as well. So uh, thank you all so much for your practice. Oh, do you want to say something? Okay, yeah. I just, Bonnie invited me to say this today, and so I just wanted to offer, in terms of walking, there's an altar uh, up the hill behind this meditation hall. There's a path I can see right here. There's three paths at the back door, and they all end up at the altar. They all are middle paths. They all converge. And the altar has gone through some changes, and I wanted to invite you, at this group especially, to bring names, to bring energy to it, um, it's a great place to walk in front of. I did stomping meditation there during the month long with Bonnie Duran. Uh, so, um, yeah, I wanted to invite you to, to take a journey up the path and to see that ancestor altar and to add names if you want or, or thoughts to it. Uh, as a steward of this land, I also wanted to tell you the three things to watch out for, poison oak, rattlesnakes, and ticks. And all that information is on the board on the way up to the walking hall uh, over here in the foyer. And you can read about what poison oak looks like. Uh, how, the trails are really trimmed back, so ticks are usually not an issue if you stay on the trails. But if you break off into the hills, into the tall grasses, you really should be brushing off your clothes and being mindful when you come back into buildings. And the snakes, we just leave them alone if you see them uh, any kind. But there's pictures of what a rattlesnake looks like and what a gopher snake looks like on the board there. So I just invite you to uh, enjoy the land mindfully. Like uh, Bruni was saying, watch where you're going. That's how you uh, stay safe. And yeah, and to enjoy the altar up the hill. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.